Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. Music conversations with one big question. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. My name's Keith Hall. I'm your host, and this is episode number 12. This is actually part two of our conversation with the great jazz violinist Regina Carter. And Regina Carter is not just a great musician, but she has a huge heart, and she has quite the story to tell today. Uh, And we had a lot of laughs again. Boy, we had some fun. Before we get into that, remember to please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. And we're really glad you're with us today. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Regina Carter. I don't have too many friends that that have uh, as many Grammy nominations as you have or are considered a genius. I don't know too many geniuses, but according to the MacArthur Foundation, 2006... You won the Genius Award, right? We all we all know it as the Genius Award. Me and Wiley I mean, is... Coyote, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Acme Corporation. <laughs> so, what does that feel like to be on that list of MacArthur Genius Award recipients? You know, when I if I go back and look, you know, if I if I'm doing something for them or writing and I look at the you know look at the former and I'm like really it just it feels like it's another person not me and I I think that's just it's 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 a it's a wonderful unexpected amazing gift but at the same time it's a bit of a pressure and I guess that's a self-imposed pressure but you know, because I feel like, okay, I've gotten all this money, I should be able to cure, cure, cure cancer. Like you just like, all of a sudden, this, right. you feel this big responsibility. Well, you've had such a successful career. I wonder if there was ever a time when you had to overcome some sort of obstacle and how you, how you dealt with that. If, if ever I am in doubt about God, I had to just think about the year before that. Um, mm. Because my mom had was in the hospital. She 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 dealing with her third bout of cancer, and she'd always beat it in the mm. past, you know. So she went into the hospital, and I canceled a bunch of work, and uh, I sent the band, like I sent James Carter. Uh, I asked him to do a couple gigs for me so the band could still work. And, um, but I went home and just stayed in the hospital with her uh, to be there. And so then, you know, I I was supposed to go to this other country and do a festival and I had everyone lined up to come in and stay with her and take care of her so I could go and come back. And I remember I had always asked her doctor, um, is she, is she gonna? Is she gonna die? Is she? And he was like, "We're all gonna die." And he just say, "I don't, I don't have a crystal ball." And I, I really respected that answer because it was just like I, he said, "I can't. That's I can't predict." And um, but the day before I was supposed to fly to this country, he came in and said, "She's not gonna be here when you come back." So for me, I was like, "I'm not going." I the band can go. Here's a list of musicians that. And when my agent called this uh, presenter, they said, you're full of 
S-H-I-T and we're going to sue your ass. And that's what they proceeded to do. And the thing is, is that partially, like at the time, you know, you look at your contracts and, and now more than, than, than before, it seems um, presenters want you to sign off that you have insurance or you have to share the insurance with them, you know, um, liability insurance. And so a lot of managers, I think, were just saying, oh, don't worry about that. Just, you know, nothing ever happens, which happened in my case, which I unbeknownst to me. Plus the presenter used their contract and my team didn't catch that they left incorporated off after my business name, which opens the suit up to you personally. So it was just, it was, it was devastating because I knew then I had just gotten married. You know, they could come after my personal stuff, Alvester stuff. Like it just was, I freaked out. And they were just on me. And I was like, you know, can I, can I bury my mother and grieve, have a minute to grieve, you know? Um, and so then they start. they gave me like a couple of weeks and they started back up again. And I kept trying to find an attorney in that country to help me, which when attorneys would find out who it was that was suing me, they were like, hands off. Oh no. <laughs> and it was insane. And I just kept, you know, and I remember the attorney there because this place practices Western law. So the one, so the, the attorney said to me, well, you know, cancer is like being pregnant. You know that you're going to have the baby, you know, you're going to die. And I was like, no, you know, people don't always die because they have cancer. You know, she did in the first two. So it was just all of this really, um, and I was so angry and then became bitter. And I just, I, I was, I felt like, okay, this, I was angry at the music, at the music industry. I was like, I'm done. Y'all got this. I'm just, forget it. Um, and I finally found an attorney here who said, listen, you know what? The world is too small for us to be, for people to sue each other. And this presenter in San Francisco was part of this big organization. All these people came to my defense and he said, we're going to have a concert to raise money to help pay your legal bills. You know, I couldn't go to this country. I would have to hire you know, someone to go to arbitration for me that I don't know, you know, anyway. Right. So I told, I told the presenter, I said, listen, this is what I'm going to do. The, the attorney, I'm going to, we're going to have a concert. We have this person, this person, this, and we're going to raise money. And it's called, you know, and they were like, no, that's okay. We'll settle. So they settled for, it, it still was a lot of money for me to pay, but the fact that we didn't have to go to arbitration, and that's what my attorney was counting on. He said, they won't want the the publicity of like you, you being sued. And uh, I'm telling, but through that whole time, Keith, I was, I was just, I couldn't even think straight. It was just on me. I was scared. I was like, I felt like I couldn't function. I remember reading this article um, about when Oprah was sued and she had to go to court. And I just, I, I tore that story out and kept it folded on this little table. I had a candle and then I had a necklace with my mom's picture on it. And I like had my little altar there. And I would just, I remember, you know, for saying, just pray, pray, pray. And I was like, okay, I, you know, 
And so they settled with me. And I am not kidding you. A week later is when I got the call that I had received a MacArthur Award. So I was like, oof. God, I, I cried like a baby because I just said, wow, you know, that that sealed my face. It's like, yeah, God, God was working all of this. And I'm sure my mother was getting on his nerves. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. I was so bitter after that, though. But it kind of taught me afterwards, you know, different cultures how they view things and you know for us as a western culture i think we we think okay if your parents are dying you have to you have to honor them and be there for them or or that's just what personally i want to be there you know with Mm -hmm. my mom certain cultures it your word is more important and and for you to break an agreement is Mm. and is an insult to the family and to the family name. And, uh, you know, it, it, it took me to kind of under, to try and understand that to get rid of some of the, the anger that I was, I was holding on to. Wow. So then, so you've been through this horrific time personally, professionally, right? Back to back here. And then this beautiful gift, you know, award. I mean, obviously you earned it. Uh, and then, then what did you feel like? Okay, now what do I do? What do I do with this? Yeah, I, I needed a time. I needed some time because just to, you know, that whole lawsuit lasted a year. I needed time to just step back and breathe and like kind of take in what just happened and, and heal. And you know, spending that time with my mom in the hospital, you know, I take in CDs and play for her. And at a certain point when she couldn't communicate verbally, I would watch her vital signs change according to what I, music I played. And I was like, huh, this is, this is real, you know, like this isn't just some hocus pocus, you know, and, uh, and it, and it, and it, it really, um, had a a profound uh, effect on me witnessing that but at the same time seeing you know spending spending the whole time in the hospital and seeing all these elderly patients that didn't have anyone to come and visit them and that really broke my heart you know Um, so I said ah maybe I'll become a music therapist you know and I started researching and calling people and someone said well before you make that decision, maybe you should take a course, you know, just to see if it's really what you want to do. And so I don't even know who, how I got in touch with, uh, with Ed, Dr. Roth at, uh, (laughs) at Western, Western. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Remember we met at the Stanford jazz workshop. Right, right, right. Oh my God. You know, like it's so, it's so yeah. wild. I couldn't remember if I met him and then met you after I met him or right. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Good. But I remember that yeah. we were sitting outside somewhere at the Stanford Jazz Workshop and you started talking about that. We didn't really know each other. And so I was thinking, geez, we've got a really great music therapy program at Western, and 
my buddy, he's kind of runs the program. You should give him a call. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. I remember he he talks about you all the time. And every time, you know, we see each other, we talk about Ed too. So it's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a a family affair now, you know, it's, uh, it is. Yeah. And it was, it was, they were the only, because I checked out several schools and Western was the only school that would uh, set up an online program for me, you know, an independent study. Mm. Um, and I flew in a couple of times to um, shadow different therapists in different uh, fields. You know, go, I went to a couple of schools, uh, hospitals, hospice centers. And I remember when I went to the hospice center, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is, it's just, it was something that was my calling and still my calling. And and so I didn't, you know, the whole thing where you have to sing, <laughs> Like, I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> and play a chordal instrument, I'm like, no. So, but it was such an amazing experience. So I became a hospice volunteer here in New Jersey. Oh, wow. And um, my first patient, this is so crazy. I, I'm telling you, you know, so I, I did my training and then I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And I finally get a patient and they say, okay, here, your patient she's uh i think she was 90 or 91 and her name is grace well that was my mom's name <laughs> i know Jeez. and so i was like okay i had to laugh i was like okay this is what i'm supposed to do and an older italian woman and she was just like my mother she was like what i called her a little too early like don't call she was like her sister said don't call her before noon and this that and just a wonderful woman from a whole different era in time and her whole family, they became my family. It was, it was, it was really beautiful. And I remember sitting in her kitchen once and we were, we were having a meal together and I looked on her refrigerator and I said, you have a photo there with, it was Bill Cosby, uh, Don Braden. I said, why do you have this photograph on your refrigerator? And she said, oh, my nephew owns a recording studio. And he does, and I said, oh. And, she, and I said, well, what's his name? And she said, Tedesco. I was like, what? <laughs> it just gets crazier and crazier. I'm like, <laughs> uh, we've all recorded there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was like, how crazy small is the world, you know? Um but yeah, just, and I had a few more patients and it was just so wonderful that the hard part about that though, was I was still traveling. So when I would travel um, and I was going to people's homes, I wasn't going into hospitals. Um, a lot of times people, older people, when they live alone, they might not have any visitors at all. And so um, I would call them no matter where I was in the country and call and say, I'm checking in on you, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it just, it was so difficult when, when I lost, when Grace passed away, I just thought, okay, this isn't fair. And I took a break from it, but it's still such a calling. So I was signed up to actually take a course, um, at a hospital here to become a death doula. And of course that was set up for April and then Hmm. COVID happened. So that's being pushed. Um, but it's okay. It's, it's a, it's a huge calling. 
um, yeah, just as just as powerful as as performing is. Do you bring your violin then and play for them? When I well, for when I was doing the hospice work, I did. I take it. Uh-huh. Sometimes I want music, sometimes not. My whole thing was like it didn't even matter. I just wanted to be there for them. You know, yeah. no one should have to be alone. And and now my thing is is it's you know families sometimes are with their family members when they're making their transition that during that period. But sometimes people don't have a family, and no one should have to leave here by themselves i mean i know they're going to make that we all make that journey into the world and out of the world alone but just to be there i think that's that's important that is so beautiful and you know i didn't know that you were doing that kind of work and volunteer work and that that was really a calling for you um but it, it makes sense because when i think about you i think about how how kind and gentle and thoughtful you are. Uh, thank you. And those are the words that really come to my mind. Thank and you. so that makes perfect sense, um, you know, as a person, but, you know, in your music, you know. Uh, thank you. Mm. Well, I have, I'm, again, I'm serious. I have to thank you and, and thank Dr. Roth and thank Western because I wouldn't have had that opportunity, you know, to, you know, that sealed the deal when I, when I, came there and shadowed the one therapist and went in. I was like, this, this is really powerful. This is heavy. It's, and I feel like when you do that kind of work, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're being there for that person, but it actually, I felt like I was getting more out of it. It put, it puts, it puts your life in perspective. (laughs) It's, It's circular, you know, it's back and forth and, and we're all connected. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, whether we want to be I or mean, not, I think <laughs> <laughs> we have to learn how to deal with each other. Yes. Thank you so much for spending the time and sharing so oh, much with us. Please. Thank you, Keith, for inviting me. I'm really, um, thank you. Well, I'm so grateful for that conversation with Regina Carter. What a beautiful person with a huge heart. And we had a lot of fun. That was great. Thanks again for joining us today. Make sure to tell your friends, subscribe, leave a comment and a rating. We do appreciate that. We look forward to next time. But in the meantime, be who you be and do what you do. Take care.